stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm joined this week by Ben Rains, Zach's stock strategist, who is also the editor of the Marijuana Innovator newsletter, but also is the new editor of Zach's latest new newsletter, The Alternative Energy Innovator. Zach's hasn't launched a new newsletter in a little bit of time now. It was actually in February 2021, it looks like. We've been Skyping or is looking over the old, uh, you know, portfolios here to see when was the last time we launched one, and that was Headline Trader. And before that, we launched Commodity Innovators right when COVID was starting, also around the same time period, February 2020. And I want to say that Jeremy Mullen might have been like the last person I had on this podcast on a new newsletter launch like in Zach's offices. <laughs> so that's how long ago that was. So it's kind of rare to get a new newsletter launch. And I'm excited. I always cover them all here on the uh, Market Edge podcast because usually when we launch something new and it's covering a certain area, something interesting and exciting is going on in that area. Obviously, we had the commodities two years ago. That turned out to be a good bet. And headlines, well, that's always just kind of the headlines. But now, alternative energy, Ben, that seems super intriguing. What what does that mean? <laughs> what does alternative energy actually mean? Well, thanks for having me, Tracy. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited to be launching this new service. So, yeah, alternative energy is the name we landed on because people kind of think alternative energy, there's green, there's renewable, there's lots of different catchphrases. So alternative energy yeah. was kind of a way to get lots of different areas of this non-fossil fuel energy ecosystem that's going to be driving kind of growth in the next decade and for hopefully the next century and beyond. I mean, that might sound a little hyperbolic, but I think we really are kind of the cusp of the next energy revolution. I mean, fossil fuels for the last 150 plus years have have created this dynamic explosive economy that we know today that's created riches that really people couldn't imagine 200 years ago. And I do yeah. think that we're now on a cusp of just something has to change. We're, we're still fossil fuels are still going to play a really large role in the economy in both the U.S. and beyond for years and years and decades to come. But with that, alternative energy is still going to be like the, the growth area in the energy space. And we've seen over the last two years just how important energy markets are and how fragile they can be. So investment is going to be huge and it already has been massive. So we're going to be talking about hydroelectric, solar, wind, nuclear, next gen nuclear, battery technology, hydrogen fuel cells, uh, carbon capture, uh, rare earth miners, lithium, stuff like that. Really just kind of stuff that might even sound like science fiction down the road. So we're, we're really, there's there's stuff that's already established, like the, the hydroelectrics of the world and wind and solar, but then in uh, nuclear as well. But there, there's lots of growth in all those different areas, because even though solar has become so popular so fast, it's still a really microscopic portion of energy uh, generation in the U.S. and beyond. So we're, we're getting at a good point where there's lots of money behind it, U.S. government incentives, Wall Street investment, incentives around the, the rich world, and really even 
oil producing nations like uh, the United Arab Emirates are spending billions of dollars on renewable energy technology because they see the winds changing as well. So I think we're really just at a great time to be starting this service. Yeah, it sounds like it. Because that's all I see with a lot of companies these days is, you know, where are they going with like, they always use the term renewables and like those kinds of phrases. And so um, I think it's on everybody's lips right now. So yeah, that's why I'm excited about this newsletter and excited to see what you're going to put in it. Now I have to do full disclosure. I have no idea what Ben is putting in this thing. How many stocks are you going to have in it? Do we know? The general goal is to get to about 15 to 20 stocks in the portfolio at any one time, and we're going to slowly start our way there. Uh, The the first trades are going to be out next Monday, the 14th of November, uh, and then kind of just build up. So we're not just going to instantly start with 15 to 20 stocks or anything like that, but we're slowly going to add. And I have a laundry list of over, uh, at this point, over like 100 companies that are in Um. my portfolio world of uh, opportunities. So yeah, lots of lots of different okay. realms we can dive into. Now, will that include all types of market cap sizes, I'm assuming? You know, yeah, it's not just really going to be, be like large or it's going to no, be... No, every- there's going to be nothing off limits. I mean, okay. we kind of wanted to make it as broad based as possible. So there was nothing we, we couldn't touch. We're going to have large caps, uh, mid-cap, small-cap, recent IPOs, kind of anything in between as well. Okay. And international, I take it, too? Yeah, yeah. As I said, there's, okay. there's we talked with uh, a lot of different people uh, before we started the service, and we, we decided on having kind of – there's no boundaries when we want to set for ourselves in terms of uh, alternative energy. Okay, cool. Um, and for all of you listening, I know I've mentioned many of our newsletters over the years on the show. And if you want to check it out and uh, take, you can take a 30 day trial. It's only a dollar. You can go sign up. So I'm going to give you the link right now of where you can go to sign up. It's pretty easy to rem- remember, but it is Zach's, Z-A-C-K-S dot com slash ultimate. U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E. So it's Zaks, Z-A-C-K-S dot com slash ultimate, U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E. And if you're listening to this podcast, you know, six months, a year later, it's 2023, you are interested in alternative energy and you were listening in, you can still use that link. You can go there at any time and do the 30-day trial It's a dollar. You can check out all our newsletters there, including mine. I have Insider Trader and the Value Investor portfolios over there. Those are kind of hot right now, too. But um, this one, if you want to check out Alternative Energy, you can go do it through that at any time. So remember, it's zax.com slash ultimate. Um, Okay, so with that being done, um, I've asked you already, what does Alternative Energy mean? Because I am kind of confused. When I was preparing for this podcast, um, I, I'm looking around, I keep seeing renewables and I'm like, is renewable alternative? But then I determined, yes, it was. Cause that's like solar and all of that. Where, where, where do things stick? I, I don't know. Like, where would you focus on if you were trying to invest for the future in these companies? I, I mean, I bring that up because I was telling you about the portfolios that we created here at Zach's in 2000 and 
eight, I think it was, um, <laughs> right before the Obama and McCain election. So we had to create portfolios, one for John McCain, one for Barack Obama that you'd want to invest in depending on who won. And with McCain, we went for the energy stocks. He had a driller in there and um, some uh, you know, big defense stocks that would be like Republican focus. And then on Obama's side, we had some solar stocks because it was just starting to be like the renewables and things were coming into focus back then. But the one that I picked for back then um, is no longer around. It's like not even trading. Um, it's actually interesting to see those two portfolios. I should do a whole podcasts on those portfolios because about half the stocks and there were only like six in each one and half of them no longer are traded and it's only 14 years later. So that's also interesting unto itself. But um, that one did have a solar one. It's not trading. And I've been in those solar stocks every couple of years, it seems like. And then I just did a value investor podcast and I had um, Jinko Solar on that podcast, JKS, it is Chinese, it's from China, and um, but it had the goods X rank, it was cheap, and it had double-digit earnings growth expected this year and next year, which I was surprised about. I'm like, oh, double-digit earnings growth. But where where does like solar fit into all this stuff? I mean, people have been burned for years thinking that was the place to be, and it's never really turned out to be that great of a trade. Yeah, I mean, as as we said, we we've talked about solar for a really long time. I mean, that was the yeah. Obama McCain election was a long time ago. Especially when you're considering it, companies that don't even exist anymore were going to be the the big plays. If the one big of ones, right? Candidates won. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that solar has been a thing for a really long time. It's been in the consciousness for a really long time. But in right. terms of actual like electricity generation and uh, the capabilities of these solar panels, uh, it hasn't really even popped up in kind of until the mid 2010s. And even the last five years mm -hmm. is really when you saw this real boom in solar panels and kind of high level stuff that's attached to the grid that's not just on top of someone's roof. And the, the prices have gone down precipitously. So now we're kind of at the cusp where people before it was just sort of like a rich person's hobby. If you were, if you wanted to be environmentally conscious, you could get these really, really expensive solar panels, put them on your roof. And also the efficiency was really bad back then. In the last okay. 10 years, yeah. the efficiency has gone up like crazy. And we're still only at a, a fraction of what they think these solar panels could get to. So solar is certainly going to play a huge, huge role going forward. And as I said, it's the last decade has seen a lot of growth. I mean, uh, renewable energy accounted for about 10% of U.S. electricity generation in 2010. It's at 20% now, and that doesn't even include nuclear. So if you include kind of the broad non-fossil fuels, we're at 40% of electricity generation. And that's still only a small amount of actual energy use. So uh, we've gone a long way really quickly, but we have a really long way to go. I mean, uh, we expect or reports suggest that renewables going to account for about 40 percent by 2050 with a huge amount of that growth coming from solar uh, and some of it at wind as well. But solar is really just coming into its own. It's It's been in its infancy for a long time, but the technology has come pretty far, pretty, pretty quickly with China playing a big role. I mean, they've 
spent lots of money in uh, these factories and they've just been churning out solar panels like crazy. Obviously, there's some political stuff going on with that, but just actually having a bunch of them goes a long way in getting the cost down because it, nothing's ever going to be efficient when you're just getting it off the ground and you're not making many of them. But we, we've come a long way really fast, and I think we still have a really long way to go as well, which is why there is so much long-term growth runway. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, maybe it's just my bias of uh, like Jinko Solar, I think has been publicly traded since 2006. So by like 2008, it had only been around like two years as a public company. And now it's many years later and things might have changed. But my uh, view of it kind of stayed the same because I was burned in the early years. Yeah, and I mean, now it's, it's the later years now. Well, yeah, and it's still it's still hardly even the later years when you consider that, I mean, in terms of uh, actual, so the electricity generation mix, you could just use this as like a simple example of things. Solar is still only about 3% in the entire United States. So it's still like a tiny, tiny microscopic industry. And yet some of these companies in the last couple of years, uh, a company that I'm considering adding, I'm not going to name it at the moment, but for instance, uh, their revenue was about 300 million. And this is a company who makes inverter technology, which is a, a key component of these solar panels that they help, uh, they convert the the various power systems. So uh, it, it's not, it, it's not as easy as just the solar panels, which there's so many of them. So these inverter companies do really well. Uh, they they did 300 million in revenue in 2018. They did 1.1.4 billion last year, and they're projected to do three billion in 2023. So, wow, it, it's happening really fast. And these are the kind of growth uh, figures that you're seeing for a lot of these these companies in the solar industry and other other areas of the renewable landscape. That it, it's We've been talking about it for a long time, but now the money is actually flowing and it's not just government incentives. They, they've pushed things forward, but now Wall Street and private companies are, are really investing. Not, it's, it's not hyperbolic to say trillions of dollars are being invested in solar and other various alternative and renewable energy uh, investments. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I definitely will be tuning in to, to your newsletter to figure out which company that one is because I, you know, I'm always on the lookout for that kind of growth going on in whatever sector it is because that's exciting. Um, and I can see now why it's under the innovator uh, portfolio here at Saks and not just like one of the trading services or investor services, but it is in the innovation area. Um, what you were just mentioning that company, which sounds like it, it's one of the component type of companies, um, where do some of those fit in just in the world of alternative energy investing? Because I own a couple of lithium companies in my portfolios right now. I own Albemarle, ticker ALB in the Insider Trader. We bought yeah, that yeah. in February, and um, I think that's in our one of our other portfolios too. It's in one of the other ones, and um, I also own SQM. I'm not going to say what the actual name is, but that's the ticker, and everybody just kind of calls it SQM because it's <laughs> yeah, right. I can never <laughs> say it, and everyone who listens to this podcast knows I mangle the names, so I'm just calling it SQM for my own self. And I own that in Value Investor. 
and I did buy some for my own personal portfolio. They're both lithium producers. Um, SQM is in Chile, and they're one of the largest ones. But the lithium goes into the the batteries, um, uh, you know, the batteries that go into electric vehicles. You have to use lithium in that. Obviously, lithium goes into many other types of batteries, too, into the like, you know, your smartphone and these other things. And they're trying to get lithium into some like airplanes, but it weighs too much. So that's probably not going to work. But where does like a company like this, because I wouldn't normally think of these types of companies as alternative energy, really, but it it is because their component is allowing, you know, some things to happen in alternative energy, I guess. If that's yeah, they're, they're certainly going to play a role. I mean, I I think you and I actually spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago just about how in Chile th- there's now kind of a political wrangling to figure out what they're going to do with their huge lithium uh, reserves and their lithium mines right. there in it, it is certainly going to play a really large role uh, in the broader space and definitely a role in the portfolio as well, because all of these various components are going into, uh, as you said, the battery technology, which is going to play a huge role as well, because one of the big uh, criticisms you hear about solar panels and solar power is that the sun's not always shining. What do we do? And that has been a big problem. But now a lot of these solar panel companies, and if you get solar panel put in your house today like a modern new one in 2022 you're going to get solar panels put up and then they're also going to have like a battery storage reserve on your house as well so you're not just wasting the power because you're not using all the power throughout the day so kind of the the next big huge revolution is going to be the companies who can continue to store all of this solar energy because the sun is so powerful and that's why there's all this hope that it can kind of be this ever never ending source of uh, energy, but we just haven't been able to kind of literally harness it all because uh, we can't use it all as quickly as it's there. So these battery storage companies are going to be a huge role uh, in the in the portfolio in the the space going forward. And obviously these lithium miners uh, are going to be a small component of that as well. Yeah. Now, I was looking around at some of the other chemical companies because Albemarle and SQM are listed in the chemical category on Zax.com because there really is no renewables or alternative energy category. It's like an industry. And um, I saw like DuPont, which is ticker DD. They've been around for forever and they they're in a whole bunch of areas, but they reported earnings this morning on uh, November 8th, 2022, and it was better than expected. Apparently, they're doing some kind of huge buyback. But I noticed that Albemarle SQM were both up big today as well as DuPont. And I, I'm there was no news on the other ones. So I'm, a, I'm thinking, you know, something went on with DuPont that they're pushing up these other ones. But then I was wondering, like, well, does DuPont have anything that's alternative energy? They may. They've been around forever. I'm like on their website looking around. <laughs> I'm like reading their reading their earnings report going, is there something in there? But isn't that kind of a problem um, for you because you're running this newsletter, but even for any investor who wants to be in alternative energy, because some of these companies might might be alternative energy in in some way. Like because, oh, they do produce lithium or they're doing whatever other thing, some component that's going into the windmills or something that 
you wouldn't otherwise know because they're listed under, you know, I don't know, some other industrial area. And so how how does an investor find good alternative energies? I mean, the solars are like kind of obvious. We know Jinko Solar. That is one. But how would you how do you find out that SQM is an alternative energy play? Well, you have to sign up for the, the service. Well, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Obviously, no, I, I know you're going to give us some, but um, it just tells you kind of like the difficulty of it in this area. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you speak to a problem, but also an opportunity in the space that there are so many different companies who maybe have been doing something different or uh, what what they were doing uh, is no longer kind of in vogue and they see an opportunity to kind of propel themselves forward with, say, renewable energy technology or alternative energy technology by by supplying a component or a mineral or something like that. So you do, and this is kind of be a jumping off point to talk about that fossil fuel companies are not going to be kind of uh, the boogeyman of this portfolio. We're not going to say they can't be touched because these companies know that that's the, the future as well. And it's not just tokenism when they decide they're going to invest billions and billions and billions of their own uh, money into renewable energy technology. So it's it's anyone who sees kind of the the tides shifting towards a, a, a like an alternative energy future. And it does make it difficult. I mean, searching for those hundred stocks I currently have as my like broad base of where I'm going to be able to pull from going forward, like right away, it, it was not easy. And I think yeah. Uh, that that's a hard thing for the average investor. They don't want to take hours and hours of their time to kind of piece through what companies doing what and where can the growth be for these alternative energy sectors. And as you said, it is such a new space that half these companies aren't even listed on like Zax.com doesn't even have like a, a whatever specific areas necessarily. There's the solar yeah. area, but uh. Going forward, maybe we can change things and you'll be able to know kind of off the top of your head what companies are in an industry that that services the larger renewable slash alternative energy universe. Yeah. Okay. so you did just mention you're not keeping it, uh, the fossil fuels out of the portfolio necessarily, because I'm thinking of someone like BP. They've they've announced several years ago that they're going to push forward big into the renewables. So someone like them could possibly be in contention to be in it. Even yeah, though for possible. sure. And obviously, I'm not just going to flood the portfolio with just the a bunch of oil and energy stocks, which would have right. been great for the last year. But it also we we can't just discount it because some people have certain feelings about these companies. Uh, because they are they are actively investing in these areas and yeah. you could say it's for political wrangling or something like that but it really is also that they want to have a viable business they don't want to be the company you talked about in the solar industry that's no longer trading because it doesn't exist right. and i'm not saying that's right. the near future for any of these companies but yeah if you're a good executive you have to be thinking about where a bp or an exxon is in 100 years from now not Right. 10 years from now. So uh, those companies will certainly be a possibility to add to the portfolio because they are investing in stuff like carbon capture and different biofuels and hydrogen fuel cell yeah. technology. So just 
all the money that's going into it is is how you're going to get the progress. And when these big publicly traded companies are investing their own capital, it, it's it's going to go a long way because the, the government spending can only do so much. And they've spurred kind of this initial push. And now I think the ball is really only rolling downhill and it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any stopping it, no matter who's in power in Washington or who's in power uh, in Europe. Even in China, I mean, the ball is just rolling and Asian countries are involved as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah, there's there's no off limits, uh, as I said, kind of at the top. But I didn't mention mention fossil fuel specifically that any companies who are actively investing in the space will be a possibility. But as I said, it's not just going to be 10 uh, fossil fuel companies right, in the portfolio right. at all times. Yeah, I should hope not, especially after hearing about you know some of these solarish type uh, areas in solar that are growing as fast as what you just mentioned a minute ago. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. No, we yeah. want to we want to be looking for the companies with massive uh, near term and long term growth potential. So yeah. Now before this podcast, I I was sending you some notes about what areas I was thinking about covering, and I I did mention some of the fossil fuels because. Everyone on this podcast knows I follow that area pretty closely. And I did hear a week or two ago when Pioneer Natural Resources, ticker PXD, reported their earnings, they did mention some renewable projects in there. But I just kind of glossed over that because I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. But I went back to go look at it now for this podcast. And they are doing two renewable projects. Um, Those are providing power to the company's Permian Basin uh, business and the Texas electric grid, apparently. And it's some big solar project that they're, uh, participating in that's down in Texas, but they're also working with next era energy, which is ticker N E E they're based in Florida, um, for developing a wind generation facility on their land in Midland, Texas there that will be operational in 2024. But when I looked at all that, I was like, no, that's, these are the type of things you would not be investing in because this is like they're doing stuff to help themselves. <laughs> they're not like, you know, I mean, it's good. I'm glad they're doing a wind generation facility on their own land. That's that's awesome. But this isn't like they're trying to innovate or I don't know. This sounds like you would not be interested in you know, putting a, a company like Pioneer into the portfolio based on what they're doing right now. I mean, I'd, I'd have to dive a little deeper into what Pioneer's plans are, but I mean, it sounds like something where they're they're gonna maybe get some in the good graces of some tax incentives or something, and put some put some uh, wind turbines on their land to right. power digging for more fossil fuels. Which, right, I mean, right. it's, it's better than the <laughs> I guess better than nothing. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- that's a specific case. I don't know too much about specifically, but. Uh, Speaking of like general in Texas and just places with lots of space, that is where you're going to see a lot of these wind and solar projects because one of the drawbacks to wind and solar is you do need a lot of space. So those are the areas, which is why offshore wind is going to be a big thing. Maybe you'll see these floating solar panels in the ocean or lakes. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that seems like it's in a a sci-fi movie, but it is stuff that's yeah. not only an idea, it's it's actively happening now. So and once once we get the real 
uh, we're in such an early stage that some of these things are not necessarily economical at this point. I mean, they, they're they're viable in the sense that these projects are there, these offshore wind and some of these uh, big, huge solar farms. But the the real reason why there's a lot of companies in this industry is because it's a huge challenge. But with these challenges does come like great opportunity. I know that sounds really simplistic, but the fact that these wind farms and solar panel areas are really far away from where huge population centers are is a, a problem, but also, as I said, like a big opportunity for the companies that can solve those uh, issues. Yeah. Okay. Um, we didn't talk about nuclear yet. Let's just briefly cover that area. I guess we can't really do it briefly, but, um, <laughs> you know, everybody says nuclear is the area that could be the place that we need to be for the future of energy. And it, is there any way to invest in it now or is that all coming in the future? So there are some ways, as I said, I'm not going to get into any individual stocks. Uh, yeah. There are some ways to get into the nuclear energy space, but uh, it has been such kind of a forgotten area, even though nuclear does play a pretty large role. It's about 20% of U.S. electricity generation mix at the moment. Uh, okay. The state I live in and the state you live in, Illinois, gets, I think, about half of its electricity from nuclear. So, uh, oh. But a lot of the, the, the problem with it and why some people are very skeptical is obviously for some of the uh, issues that have happened with uh, like Fukushima and things like that. But also, we just haven't been investing in new technology. I mean, some of these uh, nuclear plants have been around for 40 years. Uh, yeah. So I think the the push kind of of seeing what's happening with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and kind of more countries wanting to be become energy independent, have this where we don't have to rely on the whims of whoever's in power in X country to supply us natural gas or oil, being able to have these modern kind of next generation nuclear reactors. You have companies who are actively starting that tech in the United States, uh, places out West that are trying to build these kind of small scale nuclear, nuclear reactors as well, which uh, are going to be more kind of self-contained. And there's just kind of endless potential in nuclear in the sense that nuclear itself also has endless potential. I mean, you can invest in uranium companies at the moment, but kind of the, the holy grail we actually spoke about right before we started recording was the idea of nuclear fusion, which is the opposite of what we do now for nuclear energy, which is fission, which is splitting these heavy atoms like uranium. So we want to get to the, the point where, and this is something where there are lots and lots of companies trying to do this right now. This is kind of like the holy grail of energy would be to create a nuclear fusion reactor. It's the same process that powers the sun. So those companies are not necessarily public yet, but I could easily see a lot of them going public, uh, kind of just to take on more more public money to make these huge bets, which they are making now. Uh, so as I said, yeah, nuclear is kind of fallen by the wayside. A lot of people don't think about it, or if they think about it, they kind of have bad thoughts coming to their head. But uh, if I encourage anyone to dig a little deeper, it, it's certainly going to play a much bigger role 
And I think a lot of uh, governments, including the U.S., are going to start to invest more heavily in at least uh, re redoing the, the plants we have and then also investing in these smaller modern technologies. Because as I said, it's been around for over 50 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really interesting as well. I, I feel like a lot of these companies could be the future unicorns that are out there. You know how like some social media companies and all that were the unicorns or Uber, Airbnb were the unicorns from the last decade. And now maybe some alternative energy companies will be the new stock unicorns for the next decade. Yeah, I mean, it it certainly could be the case. I mean, when you think about how without reliable, affordable energy, nothing we do in the economy is possible. And I think that people take it for granted, especially if you live in the United States or other really wealthy nations, that when you're going to turn on your computer, or when you're going to turn on your lights, the power is going to be there. And it, it's just something you can take for granted. So the companies that are going to be at the the cutting edge of these, this next wave of power generation and energy generation, they certainly could be these these unicorns you're talking about, these these upstarts and these pre-revenue companies that could be on the cusp of creating something like a nuclear fusion reactor or some technology we can't even really fathom at the moment. And I know that sounds like a joke, but it really is true. We, you yeah. never know what's going to be around the corner. Right. All, all I know is every time I um, talk to someone about this, the only thing that pops in my head, and this is going to be really lame, but is I, I think it's the Star Trek Next Generation movie where they they go back down to Earth when the guy who's going to invent the warp drive is like in trouble or something, and they have to go make sure he invents the warp drive. But he's just some like you know, regular dude out in the countryside, like who's experimenting with this technology. But that technology in the Star Trek universe changed the humankind because that warp drive technology allowed them to basically go see the world, you know, the galaxies um, because it allowed them to leave Earth, easy, easily leave Earth. Uh, so it always just reminds me of that movie. So good job, Star Trek writers, for like putting it out there that, you know, it's only takes this, this one breakthrough. And I mean, then it, we... it really is true. I mean, I, and you bring up an example of Star Trek. Uh, yeah. But I mean, in recent modern human history, I mean, People didn't think we were going to be able to fly. People didn't think we were going to be able Correct. to split yeah. the atom until right before it happened. So yeah. You, yeah, you never know. And all the people who say, oh, that's a pipe dream or that can't happen can be proven wrong almost instantaneously. Right, right. Good point. Okay, so this this sounds like a well. It's always been an interesting area, and now I eagerly await to see what you put in this portfolio, and you know what where these companies go in the next couple of years, and who uh, becomes the Steve Jobs or Elon Musk of alternative energy. There will be someone um, out there who you know takes the reins and comes through with that breakthrough, and there'll be unicorn companies. So this is exciting. And remember, if you want to check out the newsletter, no matter when you're listening to this uh, podcast, 
you can do so at zax.com slash ultimate is the link. It's always good and always you can use it at any time. And you can definitely go in there, do a 30-day trial. It costs a, a dollar to do the 30-day trial. You can see all of our newsletters. And we have a bunch, including mine, the insider trader and the value investor. But alternative investor or innovators, alternative energy innovators, is now launching. So be sure to check that one out for sure. And let me recap the stock tickers we talked about in this episode. Um, and again, I have no idea what's going to be in Ben's. They never tell us these things. I always have to tune in just like everybody else when he launches it and puts some stock picks in there. So these are just ones I decided to talk about today. And um, some of the uh, fossil fuels we mentioned were BP because they are doing a bigger push for renewables. Uh, Pioneer Natural Resources, you can go read about what they're doing. I own that one in my own personal portfolio. PXD is the ticker, but they're in the partnership with um, uh, Next Era Energy. That's a good name, right? Uh, they're a public utility in Florida, but that's a good name there. NEE is the ticker. And then some of the lithium plays were Albemarle, ALB is the ticker. SQM is the Chilean one. And it's just SQM, and that's one I also own in my own personal portfolio. And then I mentioned Jinko Solar because that was cheap with the double-digit earnings growth expected, JKS. And then I also mentioned DuPont just because I thought maybe something might be going on there. But you'd have to dig around in there because they're such a big company and they have numerous divisions. Who knows? But a lot of these kind of component companies and chemical companies may have a play in alternative energy depending on where, where it goes and that ticker is dd so as always be sure to subscribe because who knows what we're going to be talking about next week on the um, market edge but it should be interesting because there's a lot going on right now in both the economy and the stock market so we're going to be covering it all and you can get it on apple podcasts we're on spotify of course on soundcloud um, also on Amazon Music, but be sure to get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with some more stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.